Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm delighted to join you in the new year and to join Regold. Good morning, Re. And good morning, Stacey. Though it's evening here, viewers. Morning <laughs> to Stacey certainly is. This is episode 33. We are flying through. It's almost been a year that we've been doing the podcast, Ree. How are you finding it? I love it. I love it. And I love, I love the response that we're getting from it. It's really I, awesome. When I travel around, you know, we do this and it goes up and I don't have time to really listen to my own podcast. So when I go around the country and I'm speaking, people come up and they're like, I love your podcast. And they tell other people when they introduce me about the podcast, they go, oh, all right, I think I like this podcast thing. <laughs> That's right. That's that thing I do. <laughs> no, it is, it is good fun. But we are, like, we have been chatting for a little while, so we're really open to um, some listener feedback. If you have a topic that we haven't covered yet on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to us um, at regold.com or on any of Regold's uh, Facebook pages or Instagram um, Ree's doing more Facebook Live and Instagram Live now than ever before. You can always hit him up with a DM. He's rolling his eyes as I'm saying this. <laughs> he hates going live. That's why we record the podcast, right, Ree? That is why we re record the podcast, but I am getting a little more confident on the live thing. I love that. So hit him up with the DM if you see him on Instagram Live or Insta Stories. I would love that. We'd love to hear what topics you think we should talk about on the podcast. We've got a juicy one today, Ree. I know we do. We've been talking about dance studios and the ways in which we can better efficiently run our dance studios. But what we haven't talked about yet is how we make our dance studio unique. It seems like every corner that you drive around in your local town, there's a new dance studio popping up and there's some that have been around for a hundred years and there's some that are absolutely brand new. But what makes your dance studio the one to go to? What makes it different from all the others? What makes it stand out? So today we're going to be talking about what makes your studio unique. I love it. And I know I'm acting like I didn't know that, but I did know that ahead of time. But this is what I want to say. I'm, I'll go through a few things that I think does make a studio stand out. But I want to use you as my, uh, what's the word? Guinea pig? Yes. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a better word than that. Uh, more <laughs> respectful word, but I'm good with it. But your, I sub won't... your subject matter. Yes, my subject matter. My specimen. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that's better. <laughs> no, I don't think that's better either. And we should stop at this point and uh, get well, right on I'm, to I'm it. I'm happy for you to quiz me, Ray. Go, go and go yes, on. I want to go back and forth with you because if if somebody wants to figure out what's going to make them unique, they must know what is unique about their school mm -hmm. or important. unique about themselves. Because yeah. what you're unique, what is unique about you or the product you offer is not the same as the person up the street. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'd start with a few things. Here's a couple things that I'd say right off the bat. Um, don't look at your competitors. 
don't look at what they're doing and decide that you want to do what they do. Obviously, that is not how you become unique in your community. Um, one thing that I think is really valuable in 2019, at least in the States, but I think you're going to agree with me, is the more you're involved in your community, the more you get people involved in the mission of your studio. In uh, This is a point that I like to make. A performance within your community or a goodwill gesture within your community. And when I say gesture, it could be a fundraiser for a family that's in need. It could be a benefit for dancers against cancer. All of those things make you known in your community for more than the dance lessons that you offer. So to me, if you're in this community or, or area where dance schools are always competing with each other and trying to outdo with awards and trophies, you be the one that's sitting in the middle of this bunch of schools that not only is an awesome studio, but you're like this community leader that everybody looks up to. Every parent wants their kid to experience your vibe and the studio's vibe because you're doing good things. Your, your kids are good kids because their focus is in the right place. Um, now, none of this is, is uh, saying that you're going to lower the quality of your training. This is in addition to the quality of your training. So far, does that make sense? Absolutely. I know that when I started my studio, I would get offers all the time to participate in community events. And I always thought to myself, I can't do that. I don't, I don't have time for that. I'm flat out trying to get my, you know, routines ready for recital. I'm now, you know, I've got a competition in four weeks and we need to be training for that. They were always kind of seen to me as kind of the the cherry on top of the Sunday type events. They weren't important. The Sunday still tasted good no matter what. But what I've learned over having my studio for so many years is now giving priority to those community performances you know, increases our outreach into the community, increases our brand awareness into the community, increases, you know, the amount of um, inquiries that we get because we're suddenly seen at different unexpected places. Because, you know, you can have the best senior jazz group you've ever seen in the entire world, but nobody from the general public is going to the dance competition to see it. And, and they might see it on social media, but they're not sitting in the audience, but they might be at the Christmas parade and they might get to see your dancers dance down the street. And that's going to create a whole new audience for you that you've never tapped into before. I, I agree 100%. Um, it, it, the, I don't want you or our listeners to think it's only about performances either. I, like, I, I see people who own studios who adopt a family at the holiday time. 
I see uh, kids who are active in toy drives and all of these other things that go on. That that brings the community into your studio. That that makes you an integral part of it. So don't don't leave this podcast with the concept that when we say community, that it's only performances. It's support. It's support of your community in every way that you can offer support. And that isn't only in like sponsoring things. That's offering support in the community to make it a better community. Absolutely. Yes. And some of those things are, you know, not even dance related and that that's okay too. And the more confident you become as a business owner as well, being able to support your business community and being able to step into, you know, a role of mentorship for other young business owners that are coming up through the community, whether they've you know, got anything to do with dance or not. Being that person, as, as you said, that kind of the, the person that people can reach out to in the community and having that reputation is super important. Mm. I agree. And you'll stand out to your kids as a mentor who is influencing them as people, not only as great dancers. Absolutely. How is that for a good way to say it? Yeah, I like it. Because it's not, you know, we, we sometimes forget that our, our students look up to us not just when we're standing in front of them in the classroom, but they look up to us when they see us at the shopping center and when they see us on the beach and that, you know, we're always Miss Stacy to them, no matter what context they, they see us in. So if they can see us, you know, being really active in the community and that's, you know, that might be involved with a sports club or with, with a charity organization, all of those things are really good in, in creating that, that strong leader mentor teacher role in your community. And Think about this. Uh, this just came to my mind, but it's a, it's something I've talked about in my seminars before. If I do or you do a benefit for family in need, the press and the community can cover your generosity and is more apt to do it in a community where there's 10 studios and they can't put in that your kids just won a competition because that wouldn't be fair to the other 10 studios. Yeah. Once you start doing things like this, there's a reason and then dance is all up, always a part of what you're doing. But people would, would, would it, when I had the magazine, I, they'd tell me, oh, I've been in business 82 years or I've been doing this. And they'd want me to do a story. I go, give me the hitch. Give me the hitch. A hitch would be um, I taught underprivileged children. I uh, am a breast cancer survivor and started teaching children about it and the struggles of it to me that's the hitch yeah. that me so do you follow i hope our listeners can follow yeah the dance is a part of it but mm. the fo focus is you're doing something good that that is goodwill that the community would be interested in it kind of reminds me when we when we talk about what makes your studio unique i kind of first think about well, what makes you as a person unique? Because your studio is so much of you. 
And so before you can think about what is going to make your studio unique, you have to think about what kind of person you are and what values are important to you. And they're the same kind of values that are going to link into, you know, that hitch, whatever that story is, wherever you're, you're taking your studio, it's all coming from, from you as a person. And if you, you know, if you are a person that um, lives their life with integrity and is all about um, empowering young people and bringing to people together in community, then that's what your studio is going to reflect. And your studio is going to be a place of empowerment for young people and a place that loves to get involved with the community. And that's what will make you stand out amongst all of your competitors. And everybody doesn't have to, you know, that I'm, I'm saying those values because that's what's linked to me and what's linked to my studio, but you know, you have your own, you're a unique person as a studio owner and you have your own set of values that your studio um, moves from and that's part of your success. And it's using those unique things and communicating those unique things to your community that will enable you to stand out from the crowd and really be unique. Okay, so you took us to a place that I wanna go with you. I have a couple more points, but now our listeners have to wait till the end. <laughs> um, because you kept using, what was the word, your, your mission or whatever? I want to use a different word or a different way. What is your school or you, you decide how you want to take this. What are you the best at? We're the best at making everybody feel included. So we're the best at, and I, ho I hope we are. I mean, this is what I say because this is what I feel that we do really well. I, I would encourage our customers to give me feedback. But I feel like we, um, part of our tagline is nurturing a love of dance for all ages and abilities. So we include everybody. We're all about empowering everybody. We're about quality dance education. Um, we're about community over competition. Does that answer your question? Okay, so I would say that that actually as you spoke those things, those are all the things that I assume about you or have heard you say. But now I want to dig a little deeper. When it comes to the programs in your school, what are the most well-attended where is your largest enrollment? Because the question is, what are you really good at? I think you gave me a great culture answer. Mm -hmm. Now tell me what you're really good at when it comes to the classroom. Well, we're really good at fun in the classroom, I think. And I think that's reflective in our numbers because the most, the, our classes that are the fullest are our recreational classes, our, what we call non-performance. So we have a whole night, um, which this year is going to be a Tuesday night, uh, where it's all uh, non-performance recreational kids and it's the funnest night of the week because lots of those kids just come in for one or two classes and they're just there for fun. So that's kind of the mantra that the teachers take into the classroom. The lessons are fun. They're nice and creative. They're you know, fast moving and um, the overall takeaway for the kids is fun. Okay, so now let me ask you this question. I loved what you just told me. Uh, 
percentage wise, how many kids in the school are these recreational kids that you say feel this way? And how many are the other kids that are more into dance? It's probably a third of the school is those um, recreational kids. And then two thirds of the school is our more serious performance kids. Really? Yeah. Not what I expected you to say. Oh. How did you get that kind of a balance in your school where it wasn't more uh, what I'll call the preschool once a week kids and you have um, so many of the more intensive kids? Well, actually, now that you say that, what I'm thinking about and what I don't what I didn't put into that third was our preschool program. So it kind of, it would really sit up under the, under this, this banner of once a week. Cause those kids are tiny. They are only coming once a week. I would actually say one third of the school is recreational. One third of the school is under five years old. And the other third of the school is our more intensive dancers across okay. a broad range of age groups to break it down. So overall that would be two thirds of the school being recreational once a week, come in and do one class kids. And in your community, what do you do to make that two thirds sector of your school shine? Well, we really don't do any promotion or advertising directed to anyone other than our preschool program. Because we are we set up in a town that already was well established with lots of other dance studios, I have no interest in poaching students from other schools that are already training. I just go for the littlies. So kids who grow up and start dancing around the living room and their mum says, I want to put this child in dance, they're my ideal customer. So we advertise to those kids and those mums and we use the channels that they're on in order to bring them in and then we do a really good job and we do lots of training and professional development as a staff group to retain those kids all the way through till they graduate. And they could, okay. become, they could grow up to become intensive kids, but then they just could grow up to become recreational kids as well. And that's, you know, that I don't really have the statistics on what, which way they flip when they, you know, get to that six, seven, eight years age group and have to choose. But it's really important. The retention rates from those twinkle toes when they're tiny through to when they graduate are really important to us. That's something that we measure. I'm with you on that 100%. So how can I guide you to, uh, when you say uh, make your studio stand out, I, w I was trying to guide you into a place where the whole community would recognize you for your success in that area. Mm. So what I was trying to do and I wanted our listeners, you, you went with the philosophy. What I was trying to go at is what is different about you. Mm. I wanted you to tell me and I dug deep and I found out that two thirds of your school and I'm going to, I'm going to answer you that I know probably that 90% of our listeners are in this same place. Two thirds of their school or more are the non-intensive dancers. Mm -hmm. 
So I was asking you the questions so that you would tell me what you were really good at. You told me you were really good at it, but then you told me how you grew them from the time they were preschool, which is a philosophy that I also um, believe in and that that's the the best way uh, to gain a student. Is Where did you not- think I learned it, Ray? Who do you think taught me that? <laughs> I would say that uh, we've talked about it a lot and you've been there. And yeah, I, I, I get that. But now I want to take it further. Okay. I want to know how you can use those kids to stand out in your community. Mm. So when we get asked to do community events, we don't just automatically go to our intensive kids. Um, in order to showcase what we do. And I'll use the Christmas events in our local town as an example. So we have a Christmas parade that goes down the centre of town and we include all of the kids in the school once they are eight years and above in that Christmas parade. We teach it in every class, everybody learns it year on year and then it's a come along if you want to come along event. So we have the most intensive dancers dancing with those once a week kids in front of you know, the entire community at the Christmas parade. But then when we get, when the parade finishes, it all kind of wraps up in the town square. And in the town square, we get, we get to like 15 minutes to do a little showcase. And instead of putting our intensive performers, you know, doing their 15 fuetes and their fancy kicks in their gorgeous costumes, we have our twinkle toes and they all come out with mum and they do a dance that they've learnt in class, which is, you know, a hot mess most of the time, but they've got big smiles on their faces and they're dressed in their best Christmas dress with tinsel in their hair and they're having a ball. And the same with our combo kids as well. And these are all once a week kids, but we learn the routines in class and then they get the opportunity to do them, you know, really informally on the grass in front of mum and dad and grandma and, you know, no one has to pay. It's all a free event that they get to see. So that, and then our intensive kids will do a dance too so that the community gets to see a really good range of what we do from the babies all the way up through to the, the senior kids. So it's not just always our big clever kids that we show off. So I dug, I got something. Would you say family? Yeah. Family. Yeah. Not only family within the school, but family a part of your community, the whole family at this Christmas parade. And this is a memory that's a dance memory, but it's a, it's a family memory. Absolutely. And we encourage it year on year. Like, like, I guess now that you say family, we, a lot of our events are like that. So, What could make you stand out? And we could go deeper into other topics, but what could make you stand out might be that you are the studio that serves the entire family. You are the studio that helps them to make these special memories no matter who they are, what level they are, they will remember dance forever because it's an experience. It's not just a lesson. Yeah. 
I'm writing notes. <laughs> <laughs> Were you following what mm. I'm saying? I'm asking you those questions to dig out something because I'm not saying, I don't want to say, wow, it sounds typical what you were saying before because i know you believe in that but i was trying to dig deeper to find something beyond that from you that maybe you don't even know about and that's how you can be unique or a piece mm. of the pie that makes you unique yeah and that's not something that i've ever thought about in terms of our communication with prospective customers because oh I don't know I don't know why it's but it, it now that you are saying it I'm thinking about all the events that we do throughout the year not just at Christmas that are really um, that really involve our families and even just the way we treat them in the studio we've got a parent lounge where mums and dads can come and sit and watch their kids classes we've got a coffee shop so they can you know, have afternoon tea and a cup of coffee while they watch their child dance. And we are very, without me knowing it, essentially, we are very family oriented and creating those magic memories is something I think we could communicate better. Yes. And probably people around you are not selling that as part of their product or their their mission and i'm sure that if you looked around at even more things in the studio you'd probably find more things that reflect it or other things that you could do to reflect it like you're not a part of our family i don't know if i'm saying this right but we we're a part of your family or or like take it in an opposite direction not just join our family like come up with something beyond that because you take it even to a higher degree yeah oh now i'm thinking of catchphrases that include family for the new year i love it so there it is that's that we dug deep to find i think there's 10 things if we were to do this but yeah. maybe it takes somebody else to 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 ask the questions but there's no reason that our listeners can't think about the questions that you were asking in terms of their studios. So if yeah, you are I, listening at home, thinking about your studio and how, how those things relate to it. And don't, I hear this sometimes at seminars, maybe because it's at night, I, I can say this <laughs> and I hope I don't offend anyone. Don't be cliche find what it is that is really unique not what you think somebody should hear but what in your soul is it that makes this roof over your head or your studio different from everybody else's you all may have the philosophy of building community and being a good mentor for a kid but go deeper than that yep and then communicate In particular, that. yes, and then communicate that. And so since we, we I wasn't sure that was going to work. <laughs> really I have glad. to say, I felt very exposed. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. That's the second time I know our listeners uh, um, don't know what I'm talking about here, which probably is not what you should do on a podcast, but that's the second time. I'm a very dig deep 
person when they work one-on-one -on -one with somebody because I got to get past all the crap. Mm. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I got to get uh, the fluff. It's a better word. Yeah. My yeah. listeners, if you were going to repeat that, use the word fluff. <laughs> so we encourage you to go and get past the fluff in your own, in your yeah. own studio and dig deeper into what it is that makes you unique. And, really and cool. no fear digging deep into yourself because you don't have to tell anybody at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but here's a couple more things I want to make sure that I say to our listeners. Customer service above and beyond the call of duty will probably make you stand out from every studio in your area because customer service is something that's lacking in our industry. Mm -hmm. So I look at it as go above and beyond. And by customer service, here this is a philosophy. I know that it isn't the typical. What if we turned around tomorrow when we opened our studios and decided we loved every parent? We love parents. We love parents, I'll give you a couple of reasons. Because they, they pay for these lessons, which keeps the roof over our head. Um, yeah, they um, have concerns that sometimes stress us out, but they're parents who care about their kids. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yep. And if you went above and beyond with the customer service and treated them all with like, I don't know, that extra coffee or that, that, that extra something in the waiting room to show appreciation for them. You have less grumpy parents because it's hard to get mad or upset with somebody who is always kind to you and goes above and beyond. Yeah. So the point that I'm making is that could make you stand out in a world where, and that's not just the dance business. That's every place they've been that day. And then they walk into your studio and they just feel like, wow, this place is so nice. Yeah. Okay. Being it's on crazy. the offensive instead of being on the defensive all the time. Yeah. Makes a difference. Walk out in that lobby and say, parents, you know how much I appreciate that you believe in us and that we can work with your kids and that you trust us as their mentors. And then screw. <laughs> <laughs> but make the point. Like, yeah. I look at that as so easy. That can make you stand out. Change the whole philosophy around. Actually run an ad that says... We don't have dance moms. We have great mentors and leaders, and we're so proud of the moms in our studio. And reverse what everybody thinks of a dance mom to be and make almost, I know this is going to sound weird, but almost embarrass them into being the greatest dance moms around because you're saying that they are. Exactly. And then when they step out of line, you can reference that and say, hey, Correct. we don't have that here. See, it's on the poster. I say that we don't have that nonsense here. You can't do that. You can't make a liar out of me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, those are my thoughts on standing out. Or, and I have probably have some others on a different night that would come to my mind. But uh, 
Notice that none of it had to do with dance education or the quality of the dance education. And I know we've said, said that before in our podcast, but I need to drive it home. Because if you're going to continue to listen to this, you're going to realize that the philosophy is really about offering the best dance education possible in the kindest, nicest way possible, which to Regold seems really easy to do if you love what you do. Which ultimately we do. Sometimes it's hard to hard to see the forest for the trees, but we do. We did get into this profession because we do love it, right? Yes. Yes. I um though I'm not in the classroom, there is nothing that makes me ever say that I wouldn't be in dance till the very last day. I love it. It's a passion. And most of the people listening to this feel the same way they like me like you you get overwhelmed sometimes and you lose sight of what how cool this gift is that we have i think this was a really interesting podcast <laughs> it's been good fun thank you so much Ree. i appreciate you joining me to record again i would love to see ratings and reviews pop up on our um, apple podcasts app so if you're listening to us on apple podcasts please click the review button and leave us a rating. We would love to hear from you. We'd also love to hear from you if you have a podcast topic. Let us know what you yes. want us to talk about. And I'll leave it to I, you to finish up, Ray. I interrupted you there. But yes, I would love to hear from our listeners on topics that uh, they'd like to hear about, especially things that we haven't discussed so far because I love to talk about... Uh, anything dance related and i'd love to hit up some things that are on their minds with that said i'm gonna say enjoy the journey everybody have a great day thanks for tuning in thank you for joining us for regold's dance life podcast learn more about joining the international dance entrepreneurs association the dance life teacher conference and the dance life retreat center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 